0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five part episode on assessing ethics and compliance in mergers and acquisition. This podcast series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on managers ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit our podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In part one, we take a look at the whys, what's, and how's of an independent assessment in the M&A context. In part two, the impact M&A has on both the merged company and the parent. In part three, the need for an integration plan to be implemented. And in part four, oversight of merged companies, issues, and complications. Finally, in part five, we conclude with how mergers and acquisitions can benefit from an independent assessment. I know you will enjoy this five-part series, and you will get quite a lot out of it. In this fourth part, I am joined by Rod Grandin, Managing Director Government Services at Affiliated Monitor, our podcast sponsor. We take a look at the oversight of merged companies, issues, and complications. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm back again for another episode. Today, I have with me Rod Rod Grandin. Rod is the Managing Director, Government Services at Affiliated Monitors. And we're going to take a look at oversight of merged companies, some of the issues and complications. So, Rod, uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. That was my, uh, my pleasure, and I uh, look forward to it. So Ron I wanted to ask uh, what kinds of things would an independent third party monitor review to determine if a company has ad- adequately considered ethics and compliance during the really the, the whole continuum of the M&A process yeah, and it's
1: critical, I'm going to just jump on this notion of continuum. Uh, merger and acquisition, there, there are really two, at least two distinct pieces of it. The, the first being the uh, the planning and the negotiation and the due diligence that goes up to the point at which the transaction uh, is completed. And then the second major bucket is that integration phase. And, uh, in my view, as a, as a former enforcement official, that is the Air Force's suspending and an official, that had opportunity from time to time to look at, frankly, some of the problems that were, were literally purchased as a result of merger and acquisition type activity, um, you know, I, I see that there's a distinct role in both the pre-phase and the uh, integration phases for uh, independent monitoring which the work as uh, affiliate monitors performed. On the front end, that is the pre-transaction, and um, you know, the, the obvious notion is that an independent monitor can come in with, without preconceived notions, without shackles as to any um, corporate expectations, and do that deep dive that is really necessary for the parties, if that information is shared or at least one of the parties, to gain an understanding of what is being purchased or what is being, what is the expectation in terms of the acquisition or the merged entity? What type of culture exists? And this is really where I think the independent monitor has this opportunity that it really doesn't exist if corporate officials are to attempt to try to do the same thing. Getting in, working with the respective workforces to understand what are their cultures? Are these cultures compatible in terms of bringing together a, a system or a program to promote ethics and compliance? Um, this requires, in many cases, deep dives, um, particularly the use of focus groups to get down to the workforce to get a true understanding of what some of the cultural elements are that are in play. And in many cases, just a, a critical piece sometimes can be complicated in, in a uh, in that pre-transaction phase where, one, maybe the parties are trying to keep the, uh, the, the, the potential transaction from uh, popping out into the public space uh, due to concerns about valuation and so forth or employee morale. But um, I think there are always ways for the parties to figure out how to get that independent set of eyes in there to take a look at the controls understand um, help the parties to understand their risk environment and help them to understand the culture that's in play likewise on the back side and in the integration phase again post transaction the company the the acquiring entity or the successor entity really needs to move out aggressively to ensure that uh, that it's bringing its pieces together um, that it understands uh, both the uh, workforces or the workforces that is attempting to merge and that it understands what needs to be changed and how to successfully bring about this change. And again, an independent monitor can be a critical asset in this process in terms of uh, coming in and getting, helping the management, the leadership to understand what it has acquired. Uh, At that point, there are no limitations on getting in and doing that deep dive with the workforce. The workforce already knows it's been merged or acquired. Uh, The public already knows. So no excuses for not getting in and getting a very good understanding of of the controls, the culture, and how the workforce sees the ethics and compliance uh, structure of of the company.
0: Ron, I was particularly struck with a couple of observations you made about Problems you have seen uh, from your career, or problem areas that generally fell into two categories, uh, in the M&A context. Number one, unintended consequences of rapid growth, not taking the time to digest and integrate, leaving gap. And a lack of understanding of what was expected of the workforce, and pop goes the problem where completely unforeseen events pop up through complaints, lawsuits, to note other discovery events. I, I wanted to to use that as an introduction to ask, what steps could a company take to ensure that those types of problems don't appear or even pop up?
1: Yeah. so again, you 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 laid out two two sort of different buckets of where problems have been presented. At least the problems that I've seen, and uh, one focusing first on the unintended consequences of rapid growth. Um, so many times I have seen companies, particularly smaller companies, that have tried to grow very rapidly uh, through through acquisitions and through mergers. And in doing so, the focus was always on the financials, and really never on the people side. They they, they didn't take the time to get it right, and uh, you know again spending time and taking time to both plan and to execute in a way that permits the the, the successor entity to understand what it is getting in terms of ethics and compliance uh, uh, cultural compatibility is absolutely critical for the success of the uh, the acquiring entity of the successor entity um, you know without that, um, what frequently happens are the workforce is, is basically demoralized. They don't feel like they've been part of the process. Nobody's listening to them. They really don't understand the corporate direction. Uh, suddenly, they find many of the employees or members of the workforce find themselves in a much more permissive environment than they had before. Uh, maybe in the lack of appropriate leadership and guidance, the risk factors really tend to spin out of control very quickly if there's not a good plan and a good understanding of what is going on in that transaction. And that's what leads to these unintended consequences, uh, particularly the rogue employee going, look, I, I, I'm not even sure where I work or for whom I work anymore, and I'm gonna do it this way. And um, uh, you've got a problem there. The second one is this basically this pop-up problem, something that, that even through you know, reasonably effective diligence uh, the parties miss, and now you're you're you're, you're months down the road, post transaction, or perhaps even years down the road, and a, a lawsuit pops up. Some sort of a Qui Tam false claims act suit pops up. Uh, disgruntled employee takes takes to the press. Um, again, the, both just like the the, the earlier uh, example, of unintended consequences. These these pop up problems. Um, in many cases, could have been identified if the companies would have taken the time to do that deeper dive into that ethics and compliance realm and to understand what the workforce has seen and experienced and, and in many cases, knows what's going on that just simply has never surfaced up to senior management or senior leadership levels. Um, And uh, that, that has frequently led to very expensive uh, problems for the, uh, the successor entity.
0: Ron, I was wondering if, uh, in your experience, there are warning signs of residual conflicts from an M&A that might require more immediate attention.
1: Uh, yes, there definitely are. Um, one, a, a breakdown in transparency. Suddenly, uh, little victims are, are, are permitted to exist within the successor corporate structure. And there's really no way of knowing what's going on within those little uh, those little groups. That is a huge problem, and uh, really permits uh, the rogue employer, the rogue employee group uh, to to create a lot of mischief. Um, the inconsistent application of discipline uh, showing favoritism to certain people within the organization, again creates a demoralized workforce. Workforce that suddenly, you know, may want to do things differently or do it their way. Or it may be that these uh, these super performers who uh, are engaging in questionable conduct are, are are being excused. Either way, that is unacceptable and just creates a high-risk environment within the corporate structure. Uh, manage it and leadership disengagement from the ethics and compliance uh, program or uh, objective. That's a huge one. If the management and leadership is not engaged in promoting a good ethical and compliant culture, and is rather 100% focused on revenue and finances, um, that's a huge problem um, uh, that 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 needs to be addressed. There's no plan or process uh, for ongoing risk assessment. I mean, <laughs> particularly in mergers and acquisitions. In many cases, the business model is being radically altered. Uh, Business operations are being radically altered. The risk profile of the resulting entity has changed significantly, and company leadership needs to get on top of that immediately. So there needs to be a very aggressive risk assessment and risk monitoring throughout the organization. Uh, No plan or process in place to, to essentially integrate the cultures uh, if it's if it's rocky, choppy, it just creates uncertainty, morale problems, and, and those in turn to fester and open opportunities for other problems within the corporate structure.
0: Rod, Rod unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with Rod Grandin. Uh, we've been talking about the oversight of merged companies, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow where uh, we will consider how mergers and acquisitions can benefit from independent assessments. Rod, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this fourth part in our five-part series on assessing ethics and compliance in the m a context. I hope you will join us tomorrow where we wrap up our series with exploring how mergers and acquisitions can benefit from independent assessments. This five-part series on assessing ethics and compliance in the M&A context has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.